you three will decide the outcome of the tournament. It looks like we may be getting a Mortal Kombat movie in the works, and it seems Sony may be repeating a past mistake with the PlayStation 5. All that and more coming up on Downloadable Gaming. Game begin. What's going on guys, Justin here, and welcome back to another episode of the Downloadable Gaming Podcast, your weekly gaming survival guide. We got those news and much more coming up on this episode, but before we get to all that, there was a really interesting article that I wanted to talk to you guys about, and this is coming from PCGamer.com. It says that research is saying that casual and hardcore no longer accurately describes today's gamers. So, I remember growing up. And I do remember a time where you were dubbed as one of two types of gamers. You were either a hardcore gamer, which means you spent all your time that you could. For me, it was from the time that I got out of school to the time that I had to go to bed playing video games. Or were you a casual player? Were you someone who decided, I'm just going to play games with my friends once in a while and that's it? That actually described many gamers, let's say 10 plus years ago, but now the rules have changed. Now that we have esports, now that we have live streaming, now that we have online gaming, which we've had for a while, but it's gotten more and more improvements, there seems to be more roles than just these two. So according to PC Gamer, there are now eight different segmentations for gamers, and I'm going to read all eight of these out for you right now. The top one is the ultimate gamer. You love nothing more than spending all your money and free time on games. I'll tell you, from the time I was 14 to the time I graduated high school, that was me. I used to spend every waking dollar I made on video games to the point where I got child support around that time and I would take out $100 a week just to buy video games. And I would spend every single moment I could playing video games from 5 o'clock to 10 every weekday and practically all day on the weekends. The second one is the all-around enthusiast. You live a balanced gaming life in your playing, viewing, and buying habits. Basically, these are the people that can play video games for a good amount of time, but they also enjoy spending time watching gamers play on live streams and watching esports competitions and buy significantly less than your ultimate gamer but they still spend a good amount of money on gaming the third one is the cloud gamer you're most likely an early adopter of game streaming services and you only spend money on hardware when necessary these are the people who only spend money on hardware when they absolutely need to and they were the first ones to be on Twitch, to be on XSplit, to be on YouTube Gaming, Facebook Live, everything like that. Number four, the conventional gamer. You own tons of gaming hardware and would rather spend your time playing games than watching other people play games. This is what I'm going to consider the old school gamer. You are the person who still buys hardware, who still buys disc format games, and you'd rather be sitting on your couch or sitting on your bed, controller in hand, playing the game yourself than sitting on a screen and watching somebody else do it. For that, I feel you guys. The hardware enthusiast. You keep up with the latest hardware trends and probably have a $5,000 extreme build rig with RGB lighting everywhere. Wow. I see tons of tech channels on YouTube with this. I've seen tons of gaming channels with this. 
I could never find myself spending $5,000 on a computer to play video games. I spent $1,000 on my PC that I have now that I used to record this podcast and do some video editing with. So I could not imagine spending $5,000 on just that. Oh, also, I do have RGB lights pretty much all over my room. The next one is the Popcorn Gamer. You don't play games that much, but you like to watch others play. This, I'll admit, is me now. With the years of working, with the years of going to school, I could never find a lot of time to play video games, which is crazy because I do a gaming podcast, and as of right now, I still work for a gaming channel. But I could never find myself with time to actually play video games. But if you find me on YouTube, I will be watching T. Martin, The Rad Brad, Vanoss Gaming, and pretty much any other gaming channel I can find where I could at least get a storyline for a game or a review for it. The next one is the backseat viewer. You used to game a lot, but you got older and life happened, so you get your kicks from watching esports and people play other games. Okay, that might actually be me. Let me see that one more time. You used to play games a lot, but as you got older and life happened, you now get your kicks from watching esports and people play other games. Okay, yeah, that's definitely me now. Never mind the popcorn gamer, I'm more of the backseat viewer. Last one is the time filler, which is actually the largest percentage of people at 27%. You play games to pass the time, when you have time, and you rarely touch a PC game. That is what people considered a casual gamer back then. But I wanted to talk about this article because with the expansion in the gaming industry, with the expansion in the ways you can consume gaming content as well as produce your own, There are a lot of segmentations out there, and I wanted to know which one would you guys consider yourselves as. Like I said, I'm somewhere between the popcorn gamer and the backseat viewer, but I'm very curious to know how many ultimate gamers, how many cloud gamers, pretty much how many of every type. Okay, moving away from the types of gamers out there, we also got some news from the PlayStation 5, and there's a possibility they could be making the same mistake that they made before. So with the PlayStation 5 set to release around late 2020, there's been a lot of speculation on how much the price could be. And currently we are looking at around $499, basically $500 for the console, which may sound familiar to some people because Sony actually tried putting it at this price point back when the PS3 first released. When the PS3 first released, we had a 20 gig model for $500, and a 60 gig model for $600. Notice what I said there, 20 gig and 60 gig model for five to 600 bucks. Five to 600 bucks for a console that can't even hold a fraction of the storage space that today's games require. On the surface, I can understand the price point because of all the crazy specs that we're supposed to have with the PlayStation 5 from the custom SSD, the possibility of a wireless VR headset to go with it, I can understand that. But where I think there's a mistake with the price is that Xbox is also planning to release their Project Scarlet consoles, possibly around the same time, and they're releasing two models of it. So they are releasing one that is supposed to directly compete with the PlayStation 5 in terms of power, And then there's also going to be a more budget-friendly option. If I were guessing, 
you're looking at two consoles that can cost anywhere from five and maybe even 400 bucks. Four to 500 bucks for an Xbox compared to 500 for one console when it comes to the PlayStation 5. And then not only that, we do still have the Nintendo Switch that is still making sales records for Nintendo today. And they're due to release a Switch Lite version for the budget-friendly gamers. So with that, Sony can find themselves in second place in the console wars for next generation. And if they don't play their cards right, they could end up in third place. If I were Sony, what would I do in this situation? You still have a year before these consoles are set to release. So until then, I would consider having a more budget-friendly option like you did with this past generation where you've had the PlayStation 4 for the past four years and then you decided to have an upscale version of the PS4 Pro. Why don't you have the PlayStation 5 and let's say a PlayStation 5 Lite because I don't have a 4K TV which I'm more than sure is going to be the quality for the PS5. So I'm not going to need that. What I do need is a lot of storage space because this 500 gig history we've had, even the one terabyte gig we may have now, doesn't even hold a half of the games that I have. But their main problem at this point is possibly getting undercut by Microsoft, by Xbox, by Nintendo with the Switch, and they could find themselves losing sales numbers because they're riding high on the 91 million units that they sold over the past five years with the PlayStation 4. Please hear my word. Please hear gamers all around. If you are going to release, if you are going to release a $600 console, please have something for casual slash budget gamers out there. Please have something for the gamers that are relying on most of our price to be covered through the trade-ins of our current gen PlayStations. I got my PS4 ready to be sold for this. Alright guys, we have more news coming up right now, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. We're not kids anymore. What did you think? We're just gonna sit in my basement all day, play games for the rest of our lives. So, have you ever seen these quote-unquote conversations on Twitter that you know are 100% staged? Well, Netflix and E3 decided to do that in a very funny yet obviously staged conversation. E3 and NX, NX is Netflix's Twitter when it comes to their Supernatural and Sci-Fi series decided to have a little back and forth regarding getting an invite to E3 and possibly even a panel. In the conversation, NX decides to tweet at E3 and said, hey, can we get an invite? E3 obviously will respond and they say, sure, but is it just a hang or do you have something that you want to talk about? The replies go on and apparently we get to a point where obviously this is a promotion for E3 to have a showcase or a panel that they are calling bringing your favorite shows to life, developing Netflix originals into video games. We all know that there's going to be a Stranger Things video game, but there's no way Netflix could be asking for a panel just to showcase one game. 
which means they have something else up their sleeves that none of us know about. And I went through Netflix, all their original series, trying to figure out what could they possibly have that can turn into a video game. And honestly, outside of the Marvel Netflix originals like Luke Cage, Daredevil, and all those series that got shut down, I can't for the life of me figure out what they are planning. But I had a thought. What if this whole thing is backwards? What if instead of turning our favorite Netflix series into video games, they're taking our favorite video games and turning them into Netflix series? That would be a lot more believable because there's a lot more games that could be turned into series. And we've already had talks about The Witcher actually becoming a Netflix series. So what kind of games could we see? We could see God of War, but there's talks about that being a full film. We could see The Witcher, which we're most likely going to see. We could possibly see Far Cry, if Ubisoft allows it. We could see Uncharted, if Naughty Dog allows it, you know, because that movie looks like it's never going to happen. There's numerous options that we could have, but nobody knows what could be going on with that. So I guess unless some leaks happen, we're going to have to wait until June's E3 to find out. strangers will travel to the mystical realm of Outworld to defend our people against Shang Tsung. Okay, so I have a love-hate relationship when it comes to video games being adapted into films. I think it could go really good or I think it can go really bad. I've talked about this on previous podcasts before. When it comes to film adaptations of video games, the main problem is a lot of these studios, a lot of these directors, a lot of these producers cannot live up to the expectations of gamers. Look at the list. Tomb Raider, good movie. Assassin's Creed, bad movie. Pokemon, good movie. The list can go on and on and on, but one good movie that came out way back in like what 1995 1996 is Mortal Kombat that movie was successful and is still watched today by gamers because they stood true to the characters they stood true to the stories and they even gave a similar soundtrack feel that you got from the old Mortal Kombat arcade games why am I talking so much about Mortal Kombat because we may actually get another movie or possibly a remake of the original movie coming up. So there have been tweets, there have been social media posts from Australia that say how the biggest film produced ever over there is coming and it's going to be a Mortal Kombat film. And it also says that James Wan, who directed the Aquaman movie, is coming on as a producer. If you had just told me the first part, Honestly, I would say, I'm not interested. This is going to be a flop. Tell me when the next movie's coming because I'm not going to see it. But the fact that you do have a proven producer who managed to take a quote-unquote dull and boring character like Aquaman and turned him into the Aquaman that we got to see in that movie, yeah, I'm, I, I might be interested. But a couple of things need to happen. First, we need to know the characters that are going to be there. I want to know, am I getting the originals? Am I getting Liu Kang, Johnny Cage, Sonya Blade, Shao Kahn, 
Shang Tsung and all of them? Or are we going with this current generation's Mortal Kombat where I get Cassie Cage, Jackie Briggs, Cabal, and so many others? Two, I need to know the storyline. Are we sticking with the original timeline where everybody is fighting in the Mortal Kombat tournament to see if Outworld and Earthrealm will merge? Or are we getting something similar to what we have now where Raiden gets drunk off of power and we have to fight Elder Gods? There are so many questions, but there are so many things I'm excited for. The number one thing being imagining Mortal Kombat with today's visual effects will make for a really pleasing film. I can only imagine Scorpion emerging from the fire, Sub-Zero emerging from the frost, and so many other visual effects out there. Actually, I want to see Johnny Cage's kicks. You know how you get that green glow whenever he fights? I want to see that come out. And I want to see how that turns out in today's visual effects. Not to mention I want to see Scorpion Spear as well. I don't want to get overly hyped for this film, but I am low-key excited. But at the same time, I am high-key scared. Because there is one, maybe two ways to make a good video game movie, and there are millions of ways to screw it up. One example, look at Sonic. Look at the way Sonic looks with his human teeth, human hands, human legs, trying to be human, and... That did not bode well with anybody on social media. So that just adds to the whole million ways to mess things up. But I'm curious to know your guys' opinion. What do you think of the possibility of a Mortal Kombat movie? Are you excited for it? Do you not want to see it? Let me know on social media at Downloadable Gaming. Let me know in the comments for these podcasts. And this is actually all the time that we have. So thank y'all so much for watching it. And I'll see you guys next time.